Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast, a community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. I am Pastor Tiffany Jones, student ministries pastor here at Shoreline Community Church, and I am blessed this week to be able to talk to you guys about Proverbs. We have been going through this series on Proverbs, looking at how do we become wise people. And in week one, we talked about that it is fear of the Lord that brings wisdom. In week two, Pastor Dwayne talked about uh, wisdom in relationships, and he really talked about parenting. And then today, I am going to focus on how do we live wisely daily. Because let's be honest, if we all struggle with one thing as human beings, it's making changes in our life. Because everybody can start well. We all can start well. But it's changes that we live out consistently, wisely, every single day that changes how our lives go. And so today I want to focus on how we can use wisdom daily in our life because I believe Proverbs and the wisdom it provides is for everyday life. Now before we get into this message, as I was preparing for this message this week, I really began to think about how many of us today are trying to make a decision, right? Like we have decisions out before us, um, and I believe at some point all of us are trying to make changes or decisions in our life and figure out how to live well. So for some of us, like we just had students who graduated, whether that's high school or college or doctorate. And so we're trying to decide, okay, do I continue on in my education or do I get a job? There are others of us that are trying to decide, do I jump into that relationship or do I stay single? Some of us are looking at, okay, do I pay off the credit card debt or do I pay off the car first? And then there are others of us that are like, okay, should I get a pet? Should I get a dog? Should I get two dogs? Because for me, it's always going to be a dog. Let's be clear. I'm just going to be honest on that. But we all make decisions and try to make choices, and those choices will change our life. And I bring this up because as I've gotten older, there's one thing I've learned, and it's that we make our decisions, but our decisions make us. See, in other words, who we are today is a direct result of the choices and decisions we made yesterday. And who we become tomorrow is a direct result of the decisions we will make today. And so what I want us to do is look at a better way to make decisions in order to honor God and to live a godly life as he calls us to live. So what I wanna do is I wanna start off with some context because I'm not gonna apologize, I am a huge nerd. I love history, I love understanding things because I think when we understand things, we can learn from it and move forward to something better. So we've been talking about Proverbs, and I love Proverbs, but for those that don't know, Proverbs comes from King Solomon, who is David's son. And when Solomon takes over kingship, God comes to Solomon in 2 Chronicles and says, I will give you whatever you ask for. Right? And he does that because David has served God uh, faithfully, and he knows that Solomon's heart is to lead well. And so because of that, Solomon can ask for anything, and he says, you know what, God, give me a wise and discerning heart. And it's from God's wisdom and that heart for leading his people well that we see Proverbs emerge. Now, can we just for a moment take a step back and think about what a thing it is that of all the things Solomon could ask for, he asks for God's wisdom. 
Because it reminds me when I was a kid and we'd play that game where they say, okay, you find a lamp and a genie pops out and he gives you three wishes, what do you wish for? I was always that kid that was like, oh, wish for an eternity of wishes, right? Like, that was me, if you ever want to know who I am. But Solomon, in his wisdom and in his heart to serve God, says, Lord, let me lead my people well. And I just couldn't help but think about how Solomon could ask for money, he could ask for power, he could ask for prestige, he could ask for all these things, but Solomon's heart is to follow God and lead well. And so in 2 Chronicles 1, 11 through 12, God says, since you asked for wisdom, not only am I going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you all these other things as well. And so God gives Solomon wisdom. And from that gifting, Solomon goes on and writes Proverbs. And he writes more about wisdom than any other person in Scripture. And over and over again, even though he also got money and power and prestige and all of these things, Solomon says, wisdom is it. Wisdom is everything. In fact, he says in Proverbs 16, 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver. Now, what Solomon is doing here, and I can't emphasize enough what a big, big deal this is, is he is taking what is the most prized commodity of his time, and he is saying, okay, this is the most number one valuable commodity here in my era. Wisdom is better than that. And gold, for centuries and centuries, was the thing everyone wanted, right? Because gold was power. Gold was prestige. Gold was fame and wealth and all of these things. And he says, okay, wisdom is better than all of that. But then he doubles down, right? He doesn't just stop there. He then says, you know what? It's better than the second most valuable commodity, too. It's better than silver. So I'm going to double down and take both things that the world wants and say how much better this is. See, what Solomon wants us to understand and what we need to know today is the same thing his people needed back then. And it's this, how much better is wisdom than gold, right? How much better is understanding? If we seek wisdom today in the decisions and the choices we make, and we don't base that wisdom on the wisdom of the world, which is foolishness, but we base that wisdom on the heart of God, over a period of time with consistency, our lives can go from average and mundane to one impacting generations for the kingdom of God. I mean, here we are today, over 2,000 years later, and we're still talking about this dude, King Solomon, because of the impact he had for generations. See, it's because wisdom is a daily practice that changes our lives. Above all else, we need to seek that wisdom. And because wisdom and a wise godly life should be our goal. Living for God wisely should be our goal. If we want to glorify God, if we want to make a difference in this world, if we want to do more than take up space and accumulate things, then we have to seek God for wisdom in all we do. We have to seek his discernment. And see, what I love about Proverbs and what I love about God is he doesn't just address one kind of wisdom. When you read through Proverbs, the book is full of wisdom for all areas of our life in every single day of our life. 
So if you want wisdom, read through the book of Proverbs because it touches on a variety of facets of our life. And Solomon writes about that because that's the same thing that he's dealing with. So we're going to look at some examples. First, if you want wisdom for friendship, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, one friend sharpens another. If you need wisdom in work, you've got Proverbs 23, 4. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Do not trust your own cleverness. If you're struggling with anxiety, there is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. If you're struggling with finances, there is always Proverbs 14, 23. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. If you're trying to figure out this whole giving thing, Proverbs 14.21 is a really good one, which says, it is a sin to despise one's neighbor, but blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. And if you're trying to figure out parenting, the verse that Pastor Duane preached from last week, Proverbs 22.6, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. See, what I love about God is, and what he's saying in this moment is wisdom is for everyone, but it's also for every part of our life. It's for every part and every facet of what we go through. And Proverbs is in the Bible, and Solomon speaks on all of these things because he knows what we know. Storms in this life will come. Chaos will happen. And when that happens, we need an anchor to turn to that is going to hold us steadfast in our relationship to God. And God's word and the wisdom that we see in Proverbs does that. But what we have to understand is when we seek wisdom for our lives, that wisdom is going to push us to make changes in the way we are going. And those changes may be a struggle. They might be difficult. It might even be painful. Or they can feel impossible to achieve because living wisely will cost us something. Uh, listen to what Solomon says in Proverbs 4, 5 through 7. He says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though it costs you all that you have, get understanding. What Solomon wants us to know is that it's going to be costly to gain wisdom. We are going to have to make changes. We are going to have to make decisions that may not make sense to the world, but will make sense to God. And in making those changes, it's going to cost us. But no matter what it costs us, Solomon says, go for it, because wisdom is worth it. Being wise means we might lose friendships. We might lose jobs. We might lose the security of this world. But no matter what it costs us, it'll be worth it because we can find our security in who God is. Solomon is a man who has everything. And he says, wisdom is more valuable than anything. And though it costs you everything you have, get it. Why? Because wisdom will transform your life. And if you watch Solomon all through his teachings, the way he speaks consistently is in comparison and contrast. He compares and contrasts things. And so what he does in Proverbs consistently is he compares the fool and the wise person. And over and over again, he says, don't be a fool, 
be wise. Now that is a very easy concept, right? Like, but here's the thing. The problem that Solomon saw for his people is the same thing we have today, which is fools don't realize when they're being fools, right? And we all laugh because we've been the fool. Like, who of us hasn't made a decision and, and not looked foolish? Because fools don't realize until after the fact that they've been foolish. Many times, those around us can see that we've been a fool far sooner than we ever do, right? So we want to cultivate wisdom. We need to seek wisdom from the one who created it. If we want to cultivate wisdom in how we live, we have to seek wisdom from the one who created it. We need to cultivate relationships with people around us that are going in the same direction, that have the same goals, that are wise as well, so that when we struggle, we can turn to those people and say, what should I do, right? Because they will point us back to Jesus and the decisions he would have us make. For example, how many of us have ever acted before we've thought it through? right? Like every single one of us, right? We laugh at students and we say, oh my gosh, that's the dumbest decision. But who of us hasn't made that same thing, right? Why? Because we don't think it through or we speak before we think and we end up hurting someone. If you're me, I am super prideful. I do not like to ask for help. That is an area that is a struggle. So I will carry eight bags of groceries on one arm to get, <laughs> to get into the house because I don't want to ask for help. It's ridiculous because my husband goes, I'll help you, just ask. But I like to think I can do it, my, it's, do it myself. It's foolish, right? Because we put ourselves in these situations we never have to. We shouldn't have to, right? There's a reason we say in our culture, hindsight is 2020, And it's because only after the fact do we gain clarity to see that the actions we've taken are foolish, right? Like they don't make sense. Who of us hasn't jumped into a relationship or a friendship or a situation saying, this is gonna be my thing, and then 10 minutes later, you're like, oh, that was a mistake, right? Because we don't stop and think. But this is why I love God. I love God because he gives us Proverbs and because he knows we need it. Not just because he's like, here's something, you know, have fun with it. He's like, no, they're gonna need this. They make foolish decisions. And he gives it to us, not to use once or twice, but every single day. So that we have an opportunity to reach that anchor in the right moment and make a decision that is wise. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 16, the wise are cautious and avoid danger, but the fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. See, Solomon wants us to learn a few things about what does it look like to live like a wise person? How do we put this into practice? So we're going to go over four things pretty quickly, and we're going to see what Solomon wants us to learn. And the first thing he wants us to learn as we transition from being a fool to being wise is that a wise person thinks before they act. See, a wise person thinks before they act. They pause they look at their choices, they think about the life they want instead of the life they are currently living. They think about what kind of future do I want for myself versus the trajectory of where I'm going now. They examine their actions and they make changes to avoid the pitfalls and issues that they foresee. A great example of this is Proverbs 13, 16. It says, wise people think before they act, but fools don't and they even brag about their foolishness, 
right? See, what, what God is saying in the scripture is to become wise, we have to stop and think before we act. We have to look everything through. I said previously that I'm a huge nerd. I love the study of language. I love etymology. And so in reading the scripture, I began to think, okay, what does wisdom mean? And so I looked at the original Hebrew. And the original Hebrew for wise is prudent. And the root of prudent means to lay bare. And so a wise person, what, what, what God and Solomon are saying is, when a wise person is wise or prudent, they lay bare everything. They lay their cards on the table. They lay their thoughts, their feelings, they admit their ignorance, they set out their plans so that they can think everything through before moving. Now, if you're anything like me, you love a too good to-do list. I love checking that box when I get stuff done, and I love that it reminds me to do things. I'm very type A. I know you all are shocked. <laughs> In my experience, when we move too quickly to get things done and we wing it, we usually miss something or make a mistake. And what Solomon wants us to know is to get things right, to be wise in what we do, we have to stop, pull back, pause, think it through, lay our cards on the table, examine from all angles, ask advice, think logically, and then move forward. So how do we walk it out? Because it's one thing to know it, it's an entirely different thing to live it out, right? Usually this means we slow down, which if you've seen me at this church at all in the weekdays, you will know I am not a slow person. Like in fact, Terry Dobrich can, can testify to this, I wear flat shoes weekdays on purpose so I can run. And you will see me running out to the NPR, running out to the South Annex, running down, downstairs, because I love to get things done. But normally, I'm moving so quick that when I get back to my office, I stop and I go, okay, what was I doing with my life? Because <laughs> I didn't fully think through the process beforehand, right? I'm moving so quickly that I forget the purpose behind what I was doing to begin with. And I usually end up making a mistake or not accomplishing anything at all, because I have to go back. But we do the same thing. We move so quickly wanting to get on to the next thing that we had planned, that we make mistakes or we miss something or we end up hurting someone along the way when we don't accomplish anything in the long run. Slowing down affords us the time to think things through. It lets us take a breath, so we aren't responding out of anxiety or emotion, and it lets us research what is the best option, and it lets us seek God for what he would have us do. See, if we get this order wrong, if we get our priorities wrong, then as scripture says, we plunge ahead like a fool thinking we are so smart, when in reality, we are so foolish. In my experience, when I've taken time to think things through, I also consult wise people in my life who push me back to Jesus. And thankfully, Solomon says that's our next thing. He says, a wise person seeks the advice of others. Solomon says in Proverbs 19.20, listen to advice and accept discipline. Ooh, that's a tough one, accept discipline. And at the end, you will be counted among the wise. What Solomon is saying is a wise person will seek wise counsel or advice. Now, someone who is wise knows life is not meant to be lived alone. We need each other. But Solomon isn't saying, hey, wise counsel and advice and relationship, it's just going to happen for you. 
No, what he says is seek wise counsel, seek advice. What that means is we have to be intentional to get relationships that are going to speak in our life. They seek it out. It doesn't just come to them. They take steps to go get it. And this can look like joining a community like us today, where you have people going in the same way as you who are trustworthy that you can say, what do you think I should do? How should I move forward? People that can help us when we're struggling, if we are vulnerable enough to be open, and being humble enough to accept correction and direction and advice when it is given. For a moment, I want to look at walking this out because it's in the application that a difference is made in our lives. Because we are called, as the Bible says, to listen and do. Listen to the word of God and do what it says, right? And so what does it mean to listen to advice and receive it and do something with it? To listen and receive means we come with an open heart and open ears and an open mind. And we are vulnerable enough with those that we are trust. We don't just go to everyone, but we go to those that we trust and we invite them to speak in our lives. And when they do, we have a humbleness that can accept what they tell us. Because many times in my experience, what they will say is not what you want, it's what you need. And that's how you know they love you. Right? And a lot of times that will push me back to Jesus. But to do this, we have to cultivate those relationships. We have to cultivate where we have people who love God and us enough that they're going to tell us what we need to hear, that they're going to course correct us when they see us going off the rails, that they're going to love us and God enough that they're going to say, I don't think that's God's best for you. And are we being teachable when they do? Are we humble enough to accept that? See, Solomon doesn't just stop there. He wants us to learn a few more things. And one of them is this. A wise person seeks God for wisdom. If you want wisdom, ask God. Right? Like, I don't think God could be any more direct or any clearer in how to spell this out. He says in Proverbs 2, 6, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. If you need wisdom, what do you do? You ask God, right? Like we ask God and his word because God desires to be generous with us as his kids. He wants us to seek him, to be intentional, to develop a deep relationship with him, right? Like I am a new parent, so Eden has not asked me for advice, but I can imagine as a parent when your kid comes to you and, and they say, Mom, Dad, what do I do? If they come to you and ask that, you want to give them the wisest choice. You want to guide them in the right way. God wants the same things for us. But are we humble enough as his kid to ask for it? Are we humble enough to develop that relationship and lean into it and trust him enough that we go to him? Now, see, when we ask God for wisdom, this is so, so important. We have to check our motives because I think a lot of times we can seek wisdom from God and miss the entire point of doing so. If we seek wisdom just so that we can say, okay, I was a good Christian and I did what the Bible says. I asked God, okay, I'm going to do what I want to do. Are you really seeking God for wisdom? Or are you just checking that box to be a good person or to be what the Christian idea should be? 
See, the reason we seek God for wisdom, the reason we need to seek God for wisdom is because we are in relationship with him. And when you are in relationship with someone, that changes how you see things. We seek that relationship because we desire to see, thing, see things excuse me, from God's perspective and not from our own. And in seeking that, we begin to change our perspective. Please understand that when we align our actions with God's perspective, that's when his purpose for our life becomes ours as well. So how do we do this daily? How do we put this into practice? This means we press in to relationship with him. We seek after him. We become intentional to spend time with him. That means we spend quiet time in prayer. That means we read his word, not just to do the daily reading and check that off, but to study it, to say, God, what does this say to me? What do you have for me to learn? We then also uh, soften our hearts and our ears and tune them in to what God would say to us or to those that God places in our lives who come to speak to us as well. And if we struggle to understand, to understand what this looks like, then we look at Jesus who modeled it perfectly. Now, I, I, and I want to be very clear at this. Here at Shoreline Community Church, we talk about discipleship. And we say that we are a community about becoming and making disciples of Jesus as we gather and we grow and we go right? Like I see some people mouthing it out there. Um, and discipleship is so important. But I've heard some say that discipleship is simply doing what Jesus did for the reasons that he did them. So if we are going to call ourselves followers of Jesus, then we need to look to Jesus because he was wisdom in action, right? His wisdom and what he modeled daily for our lives is what we can look to when we need direction. Turning to God daily, seeking him for wisdom in every area of our lives, that's what Jesus did. And in seeking after God, we will find wisdom. And in that wisdom, we find hope. And in that hope, we find purpose. And that purpose becomes our future. See, Proverbs 24, 14 says, know also that wisdom is like honey for you. If you find it, there's future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. What this is saying is that wisdom from God will provide us what we need. And in finding what we need, that wisdom will become a balm for our soul. It'll give us hope for our future. And God may not lay out the whole map of what your life will be, but he will sure give you the wisdom for the next right, right step. And when he does, do you have the courage and the trust in him to take it? Because in my experience, that is how I have moved through my life. I love a plan. I have never gotten the full plan. My life has changed more ways than I can tell you and ways that I never expected, but ways that I can stand here today and say that they have been worth it. So are we looking for that wisdom for that right step. And when he gives us the wisdom to make changes in our life, do we take it? And I want to look at this, especially in who we let influence our life. And I think this is so important. And it's our fourth and final piece. And it's this, a wise person hangs out with wise people. Now, this sounds easy 
in words alone. But putting this into practice in our life may be one of the hardest things we ever do. And one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is Proverbs 13:20, And it says, he who walks with the wise will grow wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. See, if we want to be wise, we have to hang out with wise people, right? And that sounds easy, but what does that look like in real life? I spoke previously on the need for community and having people that are going in the same direction as we are going to, but how many of us have relationships outside this church that we allow to influence our lives? And even though we know they aren't going in the same direction that we want to go or that God has called us into, we still let them influence how our lives go. We let them speak into our lives. Make no mistake, the problem facing most students today in the, in the, Christian, in the Seattle area, excuse me, is to walk these halls of Seattle as a Christian student means they walk alone. Because last time I checked, being a Christian in the Seattle area in schools is lonely, it's hard, it's exhausting, and every day can feel like a battle. But we're kidding ourselves if we think that as adults we don't face that same thing. Because let's be honest, all of us want to belong. We want to fit in, we want to find our tribe, and yet we look at the world around us and the people we surround ourselves with, and a lot of us know they aren't living the lives that we long for. When I worked in the secular job market, which I did for over 12 years, here's what I saw every day. I had a team of 90 people, most of them not Christian, and I saw people who didn't like what they were doing, struggling with things that they didn't want to struggle with, and yet they couldn't seem to stop. So I saw people who struggled with alcohol and drugs and sex and porn. I saw people bouncing from relationship to relationship and friendship to friendship, seeking validation and worth and just a community and coming up feeling empty and used. I had a friend over the pandemic who traded in a 20-year marriage saying, life is too short to be happy, and jumped into a new marriage six months later and is still not happy or at peace. Looking at all of that, I, had to, I knew I had to make a change for my life because I knew that the trajectory that those friends were going was not the way that I wanted to go. And so I slowly began to make people in this church my people, people in this church my family. Because they loved Jesus and loved me enough that they deserved to influence my life. And I had to let go of friendships that I had cultivated for five, six, seven years. Not because they were bad people, not because they didn't deserve to be loved. We could still talk from time to time, but I was not going to let them tell me what I should be doing. And it was one of the hardest decisions I made. I gave up a job uh, because I felt like the trajectory that that job was going was not what God had called for me. And it was one of the scariest decisions I have ever made in my life. But it's also one of the best. I can stand here today and say that 100% and say I don't regret those decisions. But to get there, to make that step, it was painful. And it will be painful for our students, but it will be just as painful for us as adults if we don't prepare ourselves. And so I say this to the students, and I'm going to say it to you now. If you want the life that no one else has, 
and the marriage that no one else has, you have to be willing to make the decisions and changes that no one else is willing to make. And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying abandon all your friends and live alone. That is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is we need to look at who we are letting speak into our life, who we are letting be our family and our tribe and those people that wear our jersey. Because those people, they will directly impact the future life that you have. Because again, we make our decisions and our decisions make us. We make our decisions, and our decisions make us. Are these people going in the same way that God has called you to go? Because a wise person seeks wise counsel, a wise person seeks God, a wise person thinks before they act, and a wise person examines who they let influence their life. It's the wisdom from the heart of God that allows us to do what God has called us to do. That wisdom and living it out every day is what makes the difference. So as we close out today, I just want us to think about a couple things. I want us to reflect. I want us to think about, am I thinking before I act? And if not, how can I start? Do I have solid Christian relationships in my life? Do I have wise counsel who I let influence me in positive ways? And if not, how can I cultivate that? And if you are here at SCC and you're like, you know what, I don't have relationships. I don't have a community. I don't have that wise counsel. Let me tell you, we have groups here at SCC. We would love to connect you with a group. We would love to connect you with people that, we can tr- that you can trust and you can turn to, that you can have that community. Because we aren't meant to do life alone. And then finally, are we seeking God in that relationship? Are we seeking wisdom from him or are we trying to make wise choices on our own? And if so, how has that worked for you? How has making wise choices on your own worked for you? Because in my experience, it doesn't work well. So if that doesn't work, how do we change to make different choices for our future, right? Because again, as Solomon said, how much better is wisdom than gold, is understanding than silver. I'm going to pray, and we're going to open up for a time of prayer and worship. But won't you guys just close your eyes and bow your heads with me? Father, I pray that your heart will become our heart, that we would seek you, God, and gain your wisdom. God, I pray that we would understand that wisdom is the goal, to live with you. It's better than gold, and that we can get it even if it costs us everything. God, we should pursue your heart and do your will to glorify your name and impact your kingdom. So God, in this time, I pray that we just seek you and your wisdom, that we soften our hearts, that we lower our walls, and that we are vulnerable enough to say, God, I need you and I need your wisdom. Help me. We thank you, Lord, for your good gifts in your name. Thank you guys for coming and prioritizing today and just keep seeking God for wisdom in all you do. Dear Jesus, we just thank you that you meet with us. Lord, that you just desire that we have relationship with you. And in that relationship, we become wise. We thank you, God, for your wisdom and for your heart. May we seek it daily. In your name, Lord, amen. 
Won't you guys read the benediction with me? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Now go and live for Jesus today.